Algar Productions. Algar Productions. You are listening to the Post-Atomic Horror Podcast with Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Episode 263, covering Fair Trade and Alter Ego. Hi, friends. Ah. We're having some serious Voyager fatigue. Ah. What did the man say? I am fatigued. I am full of fatigue. He warned us, that that con man. He warned us. He said, I am fatigued. And then he tried to sell us a monorail. Yep. (laughs) Captain Kirk, I have sold monorails in Ogdenville, North Haverbrook. Vulcan, Kronos, and North Haverbrook. And by gum, it's put them on Zimap. Zimap? Zimap. Suddenly he's Pepe Le Pew? I'm not really sure where I'm supposed to be from. (laughs) I will take you to the (laughs) Casbah. Uh, this this is garbage. This is so much fucking garbage. I was oh oh. I know, I know, honey. I know. It's. I get mine out of the way early, so I I was yelling and screaming into the social media ether early in the week, and you did yours a little later. So basically, anyone who follows us both on Twitter saw a nonstop barrage of swearing. Yeah, you get to see a. If you go check out my Twitter, you get to see a little video I made for the people. Yeah, I will try to remember to grab that and see if we can put it on our Tumblr for the people. Oh, yeah. That'll that'll be good. For the people. I just, like, I think Monday night I watched them, and then Tuesday morning I went to my notes to, to start a summary from my notes, and it's like, this is just a string of swears. I can't is, write a summary from this. This is not useful to me. These aren't, these aren't like, if you clean it up, it's not really a sentence, Pop Pop. <laughs> Yes, I know. He said that about Pop-Pop to Michael. Don't don't question my Arrested Development knowledge person I made up. There's a line in uh, Transmetropolitan that goes, I want 900 words from you, for you by tomorrow. Printable words. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. This this will We will both turn into Spider's Jerusalem yes. before we are finished. You get me uh, some of them sunglasses. Yeah, that, that'd be all right. Yeah. Um, let me let me start, I guess. Uh, yeah. I, I was totally arbitrary. I, I'll take the first one, and I kind of wish I'd done the second one. There's funnier things to say in the second one. But let's let's go ahead and let me tell you a little story about an episode called Fair Trade. Here was my reaction to this episode immediately following its conclusion. Well, I said, that was terrible. Let's see what they have to say about it on Memory Alpha. I bet this is one of those episodes where everyone pats themselves on the back for how great it was. And oh, look, there's Jerry Taylor praising the performance of noted bar rodent Ethan Phillips. There's Ethan Phillips himself praising his own stupid performance. Also, the director thought he was great. They throw around phrases like excellent, pretty interesting, and sense of wonder. Well, seasoned veterans of this show's production, you're all wrong. This was exactly as good as you'd expect an episode focusing on Neelix to be, which is to say, terrible. I feel like I covered that already. From the teaser, where he's harassing Tuvok and Balana and wondering why they won't give him, respectively, a phaser and a badge and unsupervised control over the ship's complex inner workings, we're in for a real treat. You see, Voyager has arrived at the Necrit Expanse. No, really, that's what it's called. An area of space that makes Neelix feel useless because he has nothing of value to contribute. So it's sort of a floating truth serum in space, I guess? They board a space station on the edge of this expanse so that uh, that desperately wants to be DS9, but just reminds me that DS9 is long gone, and this is our lives now. On the station, Neelix encounters another Neelix, and the rest of the episode is just the two Neelixes, Neelixing it up and earning kudos from writers, directors, and of course, themselves. Turns out this other Neelix, he probably had a name, but I don't care, is from Neelix Prime's shady past. See, before he was a scavenger in desperate need of a bath, but presumably after he started dating the wee baby Kess, Neelix was a criminal. Man, this guy has more tedious backstory than a Tolkien character. Neelix B is trying to convince Neelix A to go back to his criminal ways and sell drugs or something? And he does it because he's such a great character. Except then they get caught, so he regrets it. Not because it was the wrong thing to do, but because they got caught. Then the captain yells at him and everything goes back to normal. Well, almost everything. For me, nothing will ever be quite the same again. Because I realized we're entering the Voyager Expanse, a region of Star Trek fraught with repetitive bullshit, mind-blowing high concepts, and Neelix. 
Nobody has ever emerged from this territory with their sanity intact. Except, I suppose, the people who like this stupid garbage show. But they're kind of dead already, don't you think? This was just... just terrible. The next episode on paper should have been the worst episode, but I actually disliked this one more. Yeah, no, there's some there's some funny stuff in the in the, in the next one. Yeah, it was it's still stupid, horrible but... and terrible. I want to be very clear about yeah, that. Yeah, but but as as types of episodes go, a character-driven story that delves into the backstory of someone is something I like. Mm-hmm. This should have been the better of the two episodes and it really wasn't. It's like they're so desperate to make uh th- they want Neelix to be like the the sketchy scoundrel guy, right? Like they want him to be the the oh, he knows all the back alleys and he can get you I feel anything. Like, I feel like these guys flip over to DS9 which was still running at this point and mm-hmm. man, that Quark character is great. Who do we have like that? Yeah, exactly. Incidentally, <laughs> Uh, the space station resembles DS9 in the same way that a mall resembles a flea market. Oh, it's it's nothing like DS9, but it's clear they want a space station on the edge of an unexplored place or a weird, like, hard-to-explore place mm-hmm. and filled with strange aliens and lots of different kinds of things. And, like, they, they were going for that vibe, but they failed. Yes, miserably. In fact, that was... Uh, was that your bad th- No, it wasn't your bad thing. It was just a bad thing you turned out. Yep. Oh, no, no, I'm sorry. You had a few listed here, and one of it said the the whole space station. Yeah, space station crime world is terrible. Yeah, it is. Just just terrible. It's it's not great. Although I will say I like the guy that runs it. I that My good thing mm. was some of the aliens looked pretty all right, including that guy. Yep. And uh, some good alien design. They actually mixed up, like, a few different, like, in terms of uh, set design, they failed spectacularly. But in terms of makeup, they, they did a pretty good mm-hmm. job. I will. Um, I looked when I realized that this was going to be, like, yet another Star Trek tries to do Maz Eisley thing. Mm-hmm. Um, I was looking, since we're in the Delta Quadrant, I was looking for familiar aliens, right? Yeah. Didn't see any. Well, I mean, you got a Talaxi and you got Neelix, too. What well, was yeah, his no, name? He, uh, 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 Winston. No, they get, he had an X name like Neelix. It's like uh, Weedabix. Wixton. Yeah, that's it. Wixton. Wixton Zexmore. <laughs> as long as there's a steady paycheck in it, I'll believe anything you want. Yeah. No, it's, it's, they've done oh, this no, before. Oh, no, not covered in marshmallowness. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no, my judgment day. <laughs> no, I, wow, I can really picture Neelix giving a whole monologue about, like, Jesus and the dead rising from the grave and such. Has it ever occurred to you that the, we've been getting so much work right lately because the dead are rising? Yeah. I love this town. But um, Let's just watch I, Ghostbusters, okay? I, that would be fine. New Ghostbusters would also be good. Yeah. I, hell, I would even settle for the filmation fake Ghostbusters with the gorilla. <sighs> yeah. Yeah. Compared to this. I, the worst thing, the seriously, the worst thing for me is that we got so much more of this. We're only halfway through season three. Three of a seven-season show. We're not even halfway through this series yet. Nope. We got, for us, a year of two episodes a week ahead of us. Yep. And it's all going to be like this, I bet. Yeah. Because you keep reading on Memory Alpha, like, we weren't quite sure what we were doing early on, and that's what we liked. And then, like, they settled in on what they thought was their voice. And this, we did, no. This is their voice. And that voice is Gilbert Gottfried. (laughs) Aaron, this is Topple. Oh, boy. Uh, no, uh, what I was going to say was the guy, the other Talaxian, I think it's Wix. Yeah, his name? It's, yes, it's Weedabix. Yeah. Um, he is basically, like, he looks the same as Neelix. They cast a guy very similar to Ethan Phillips. Mm-hmm. He's basically, it's like watching two Neelixes. It's terrible. I, I was reading your summary, actually, and I'm like, is this episode about Neelix being cloned? No, it's just another one who is exactly the same. Mm-hmm. I am the exact same. Mm-hmm. It's it's like it's Neelix, but Neelix who is currently willing to deal drugs as opposed to used to deal drugs. I guess, but it's such a TV idea of what's bad. Also, while we're on the topic of that, uh, uh-huh. Weedabix is a terrible criminal. Yeah, like that that first uh, that first drug deal that he that he does, where he's like, "Here's the stuff. Did you bring mm-hmm. the money? I don't see any money, but I mean, you must have it because that's how these criminal dealings work. I at first I thought he was wearing a wire because he was so transparent about yep. it, and he's like trying to get him on tape or isolinear trip or whatever. Yeah. No, this but, this dude is a worse criminal than episode one, Walter White. Yeah, he's pretty bitty, pretty, like, pretty 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 pretty. Bleh, bleh, bleh. Yep, just not good. Uh, boy. I, oh. So that was essentially your bad thing, right? That he's. Just he's, the worst. Just, he's terrible. 
Yep. But no, no, my real, my main bad thing is just like how. You have a bouquet of bad I things. I do. Because I kept being angry by things and then writing uh, them down because that's yeah. how notes work. Yeah. Um, no, my biggest problem with this episode is how, how completely lacking in subtlety it is. Mm-hmm. So we get to about the midpoint, right? And Neelix is in about as deep as he can get with the space mob. Mm-hmm. You can't see my my upset shrug at that, just having to say Neelix and the space mob. Oh no, I hear it. Oh, but um, and he got there's a scene where he goes to Paris for advice. Like, ah, you were in prison one time. Yeah, right? you're the shadiest guy I know. And Paris is like, yeah, why you ask? No reason. Which, by the way, is TV code for I have so many reasons. Yeah, and which is another thing that bothers me. No one ever calls anyone on that thing. You know, if someone asks you a question about your elaborate backstory and then you're like, why do you want to know? And they're like, Meh, I was just thinking about it. Yeah, that's not a thing. That means someone wants to tell you something. Yeah, I know. But it's 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 one of those writer things where it's hard to telegraph something to the audience without making it obvious to the other characters. And you kind of just have to play along. Like, I don't like it as a device, but I get why it's there. Mm. I, I was watching. I'm, I'm almost like, God, I wish Paris had just helped them. Yeah. Just what, take, sell drugs. No, just take him aside. And go here, you idiots. This yeah. is how you get out of being a complete fuckwit. Mm, I don't know. He's still pretty much a fuckwit. He's a fuckwit. But, you know, maybe between the three of them. They maybe could, there's half they, a brain could, between the three of they them. They could do a Three Stooges sketch where they try to sell drugs. <laughs> and then for some reason become plumbers. Which sounds amazing, by the way. What, just doing them as like slapstick? Like, slapstick stick drug dealers, yeah. They're carrying the drugs in a long tube and like when they turn it slaps the other guy in the back of the head. Yep. So the drugs are a little cylindrical thing with some blue crystals inside that glow. Yep. They're space drugs. Uh, but they don't smoke them or snort them or anything. You just, you touch the vial and, and then they you glow go, oh, and, oh. and you absorb them. Yeah. Somehow. Uh. Drugs. Oh, no. But my, my, sorry. My, I lost my main point there. Oh, sure. Um, well, you were listing your bad things and I think you got lost in a sub sub bad thing. I did. No. Um. So my big problem is then Paris breaks out with... <laughs> He's like, Neelix is like, so uh, what did you do? I didn't tell the truth, Neelix. I lied. Lying is bad, Neelix. If you have a problem and you are lying about it, you should tell the truth. Do yeah. you get it? I, I kind of expected after the episode ended for, I don't know, Neelix and, and Weedabix or Neelix and Paris or somebody to come out and tell us like at the end of a, a He-Man episode. Yep. You know, we had a lot of fun tonight on Voyager. Well, there's your In first story lie. today. Yeah. <laughs> Nobody had a lot of fun. Trust me. <laughs> but yeah. In our story today, we learned about lying. <laughs> you know, kids, if you have a problem, you can always go to your parents or captain about it. Uh, Sailor Moon right. says... <laughs> Now you know. <laughs> so your good thing is my quote. So you go ahead and set it up and then I'll play. Okay, so my, the good thing about this episode, uh, the very end we get uh, Kate chewing out Bar Rodent for his uh, many misdeeds. Yeah. Oh, um, and she she really lets into him, too. She's fucking done. What was so important that you were willing to throw away your principles? I needed a map. A map? Captain, my usefulness to you was at an end. I don't know anything about space beyond this point. I couldn't let you go into the Necrid Expanse without knowing what you faced. You've been on this ship for two years. I think by now you'd have learned that the first duty of any Starfleet officer is the truth. You violated that duty, Neelix. And there will be consequences. And and in fairness, I will get, like... It's it's fun to watch him get yelled at. It's fun to have a little catharsis at the end of a bad episode. But mm. on top of that, this is something we've complained about a lot where there don't seem to be any consequences. And we won't see this again. No, next, but at least they, next episode, he's having a grand old time at the luau. Right. But at least uh, at the hooky lau. <laughs> but at least they pretend that she's mad. Whereas like a lot of times Picard or Cisco would be like, well, you're really in trouble. And then they would just walk out of their office. Mm. But she's like angry. Mm-hmm. And, well, yeah, Picard to do that. I'm not mad at you. I'm mad at you. I'm just disappointed. Jane was like, "I'm not disappointed in you. I'm fucking mad." And uh, that was that was a little something. That was a little spark of yeah. I'm mad at Neelix too for some of the reasons you said, but so many other mm-hmm. reasons. Why don't you just yell at all at the entire concept of Neelix, Janeway? How about that? That yeah. sounds like fun. Just yell at him. Just yell and yell. Uh, B. 
But you talk about the subtlety, and it, it's from the beginning. I mentioned this in my summary briefly. He's tailing after first Tuvok and then Balana, like asking if he can be an officer, asking mm-hmm. if he can do stuff that they do. And like, no, you didn't go to Starfleet Academy. You don't have the training. We're not going to hand you a weapon or let you into the warp core. What is wrong with you? Yeah, you're an idiot. Like, at best, you can start by, like, reorganizing the the uh, the, the cargo bay mm-hmm. or, you know, like one of those menial tasks. Not nog work. Yeah, exactly. Like, you don't you don't get a wrench and, like, get to fuck with the engines. And you Come know on. what? How about you start taking some Starfleet night courses? I know we have them. They must. They must have an equivalent to the doctor who's, like, a teacher, who's, mm-hmm. like, an instructor on the holodeck. Here's an idea, Neelix. Um... As much as I don't want you hanging around, Kess, uh, we have a doctor and a nurse. Um, maybe you should look into doing that. Sure. I or, mean, I'd I hate mean... the idea of you getting hair into an open wound, but... Uh, <laughs> yeah, he's uh, he's not sterile. Because you're constantly all. shedding giant, thick ropes of hair everywhere you go. <laughs> oh, God. When I was growing up uh, at my grandmother's house, there was a German shepherd, and there were just big clumps of hair everywhere, and that's mm. just what I picture it being like. Yeah, that's what, that's what my uh, my mom's house is like with uh, yeah. our giant dogs. Yeah, you, certain dogs do that, and you just have, like, tumbleweeds of hair. Mm, I miss my giant dogs. Well, you can go visit them anytime you like. That's true. Next time you fire up a Voyager episode and you feel sad, just go visit your dogs instead. <laughs> Matt, you know what I could be doing? Life is short. I could be visiting dogs right now. Yeah. Hey, Matt, where's your summary? Oh, I had to go to Canada to look at some dogs I own. Look, I have access to dogs, okay? I could do this or I could do that. <laughs> well, that's a fair point. My bad thing. So <laughs> I took a long walk with my dog and thought about where my life went wrong. <laughs> our life went wrong when we didn't think far enough ahead and said, sure, we'll do all of Star Trek. Right? That sounds like a good idea. That's uh, that's that's the original series. That's the movies. That's next gen. That's DS9. That's great. That's and the we, end. We should, yeah, we should have maybe thought a little couple further steps. Well, what about Voyager and Enterprise? <laughs> that's future Matt Now's problem. Yeah, come on. 2016. That's a really long time from <laughs> we'll now. All, we'll all be dead by then. In 2010. Come on. Uh, so my bad thing. Yes. The story is supposed to be about Neelix. Like it's supposed to ostensibly be a character driven thing, but we don't learn really anything about him apart from this thing they retconned and just made up. Yep. Did you like, seriously, did you have any indication that he was actually a shady guy prior to this? I thought he was just like a fucking, like I thought he sold crap in space and ran away from a war one time. Yeah. I didn't know he was, like, a drug dealer or anything. That's completely ludicrous. He's terrible at it. Well, okay, but apart from that, really, like, the the scavenger thing, like, I kind of figured he did that legally. Like, Mm -hmm. he got got salvage rights and he went and scavenged. Like, he wasn't a criminal. Yeah. Uh, Apart from the pedophilia, like... He seen, which admittedly is a pretty big thing. Yeah, I, I don't think anyone in history has ever said the phrase apart from the pedophilia. He's not a criminal except for the child fucking. Uh huh. But really, apart from apart from the fact that he's dating an infant, mm-hmm. he's we don't know him to be a criminal. So this came like in the middle of season three came from out of nowhere. Yep. And he didn't learn anything apart from like it's bad to lie, which I feel like he should have known already. Mm-hmm. Like, he didn't, we didn't learn anything about him that wasn't just suddenly invented and probably will never come up again. Here's the thing, and, like, this is, this popped up for me in the next episode, too. Um, Neelix is not a child. No. He's a grown-ass adult who knows, like, that, like, doing things has consequences. At this point, I think he knows that being a drug dealer is bad. Yeah. Especially if you're terrible at it. But but the the lesson for him was supposed to be don't betray these people who have brought you into their circle, which he should have known, mm-hmm. I think, especially by now. Yep. And maybe there's an interesting way to tell that where his alien culture doesn't have a concept of of, uh, of crime, respect, or whatever. But I, that's not the case. No, that would be too interesting. That would make his alien race, you know, too different from you know yeah. humans who are easy to write. Right. No, it's uh, it just we didn't learn anything about him. He didn't have an arc. He didn't grow. All he did was fuck up and get yelled at. And that was it. Mm. Like th- th- nothing. All we really did was put up a signpost and say, from this point forward, Neelix will be useless. But he's been useless this whole time. So yes. <laughs> here comes the fuzz to arrest Neelix. I hope so. <laughs> They're wearing that Spock helmet. <laughs> 
<laughs> that's that's how you arrest Star Trek people. Every time that Spock helmet comes up, I've forgotten that Spock helmet exists. And yeah. it's, it's, it's like seeing it for the first time again. If you don't know what we're talking about, we've put pictures of it on our Tumblr. In fact, I think it double posted because you saw it and I saw it, and that, hap- that has happened two or three times now. It's not just that. It's not just that I that. Uh, it's not just that uh, you saw it and retumbled it, and then I saw it and retumbled it. Um, I saw it on the Pa Tumblr mm-hmm. and retumbled it from that. Yeah, this is great. People should see this. And it's same thing. <laughs> an hour later. Yep. But it's it's a. It feels like the seventies. The design and the look of it. Oh, very. Uh, it's a Star Trek uh, branded toy that is a helmet that you wear with a giant flashing red police light on top of your head. Yep. You know, like. Uh, well, th- then on the box, you see a picture of Spock wearing it mm-hmm. like he does. And the most recent, uh, like I hadn't seen this before, but someone drew a little animated GIF, mm-hmm. little cartoon Spock wearing the helmet. <laughs> and the animated part is the thing flashing. <laughs> and it is delightful. I'm looking at it and I'm like, ah, oh, so that's how they filmed the opening of the Naked Gun. Well, I mean, they got uh, Shatner to be in Airplane, so it makes sense that Airplane 2 anyway. Yeah, so uh, So Spock was in the Naked Gun. Yeah, but I feel like those guys probably knew those guys. Oh, yeah, totally. That makes sense. My good friend, Leslie Nielsen. Hello, Leslie. (laughs) Don't call me Shirley. I I didn't. I called you Leslie. Well, don't call me Shirley. Just I want to be clear on that. I hate when people call me Shirley. Yeah, really fucking pisses me off. Uh, let's see. Oh, okay. So there's this new Vulcan character. Yes. Who, uh, he appears here. He will appear again in the next episode. And either uh, one of next week's pair of episodes for us, mm-hmm. uh, a big plot thing happens that they didn't want uh, to be two Vox Vulcan things. So they made a new Vulcan, which is fine. Yeah. At least they put him in now. At least I, he's not from out of nowhere. Yeah. I like uh, Voyager apparently just does, does this where I like they'll introduce a character a couple episodes before his episode. You know, so that you just start recognizing him. Yeah, they know they have the plot in the pipeline. Mm-hmm. And so they're like, let's lay the groundwork. And that's good. I actually like that. Mm-hmm. It's not proper serialization, but at least it's not that thing Next Gen did. where like, hey, here's the person who is Data's best friend that you will never see again. Yep. No, um, and I, I kind of like the guy, too. Like, he... Well, here's here's the thing about that. Oh, here's tell a, me. A, a few things about that that you may have mixed feelings afterwards. Uh, first of all, he's played a Vulcan before. All right. He was um, that doesn't in, surprise me, honestly. I recognized his voice. Uh, he he was in Lower Decks. Okay, yeah, 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 yeah. He was that guy that was always telling Jordy how to do stuff. Yeah, okay, that's, Jordy that's, was like, yeah, yeah, whatever. That's that's why I recognize him. All right, right. Um, but here's the fucked up thing. So you know how Tom Paris is actually Nick Locarno from uh, the First Duty. Yes. Written by Ron Moore, and they took the exact same character, the exact same actor, changed his name so they wouldn't have to pay Ron Moore. Mm-hmm. Well, this character yes. uh, from Lower Decks, which I believe was also written by Ron Moore, mm-hmm. uh, basically same character, played by the same guy, changed his name mm-hmm. so they didn't have to pay Ron Moore. Yep. And on top of that, uh, a listener told me this. I didn't verify it, but I trust this guy. He's he, I talk to him fairly regularly. He's got no reason to lie about this. Apparently, uh, Jerry Taylor's kid. Really? Yeah. Wow. <laughs> so, like, I like him. Uh-huh. But weaseling out of paying a, a, a writer for creating essentially the same character mm-hmm. and hiring your kid. Mm-hmm. That's no, some no, fine no. nepotism there, Jerry. Yeah. And you, we say that as big fans of Majel Barrett. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so, you know, we're not completely opposed to nepotism in Star Trek. Mm. And, of course, there was that one time they hired Shatner to play his own brother. That counts, right? Ugh. Oh, you're talking about mustache Shatner? <laughs> I, of course, am. One, two, three. Oh, God. Yep. George Kirk. Looks exactly like James T. Kirk, but with a mustache. And he's dead. I wish that the kid in uh, fucking uh, Trek 2009 had had a big old mustache, too. <laughs> he just, like, he got a hold of some, like, illegal Vulcan growth serum or yeah. something. <laughs> just used it on his upper lip. Yep. Or he's a big Harry Mudd fan. There's, there's a lot of ways you could go with that. Yeah. <laughs> the world is your oyster, uh, Trek 2009 writers. Oh no no no! You're you're like you're uh, Altarian blood oyster, yeah, or something. I, I say this as I'm scrolling through here, and uh, I saw a reference in the episode to fire snakes. Uh, you know, fire. You know, the thing with fire snakes is that they're as deadly as real snakes, but they're also perpetually on fire, so they're, <laughs> so they're very <laughs> screaming. <laughs> they're just like the Human Torch analog from Venture Brothers. I love that. Constantly screaming. Yep. I love all of that. I love that the invisible girl, her her skin turns invisible, but mm-hmm. she's still visible. Yep. 
<clears throat> also, one of the aliens had a name close to Borat, and I'm surprised you didn't make a bunch of, you know... I'm going to tell you this right now. I'm about yeah. as sick of Borat as I am of Austin Powers' impressions, so no, you're not mm. going to get any Borat uh, uh, jokes out of me. Uh, here, here's mine. <clears throat> My wife. Yep. Thank you. Um, oh, and, and at one point, Neelix keeps talking about the plasma, only he says plasma. And i like, what? what is plasma? <laughs> Did they not tell him how to say this word that is a normal word, not like phage? Okay, okay, Ethan, it's plasma. Plasma. Got it, plasma, got it. Up and at him. No, plasma. Plasma. Yeah. No, listen to the words. Ugh. Up and at them. And there's, okay, the, the last thing that I wanted to mention uh. was this terrible scene near the end where the, the only way for Neelix and his friend to not get arrested is to rat out the next biggest guys. Like, that's the standard cop show sure. kind of thing. Like, you wear a wire and you, you, you catch the bigger fish. And all right, that's fine. But they, they get there and Neelix is like, you're under arrest. Like, Neelix, oh, God, yeah. You're not the most important person in the room. Like, stop it. He's Ugh. always he feels like he he deserves to be captain. He deserves to be the cop. He mm -hmm. just like he just he's got this weird entitlement that just bugs me. Well, I'm he the most important person in the room. Yeah, like okay, they sent us in, so obviously I am now a law enforcement officer. No, you're not. No. What fucking What is wrong I was with watching you? Watching that scene and it's like, what are you doing? You should be you could be stalling right now while the while the actual cops show up. You're under arrest. This should give you plenty of time to escape. Yeah. Luckily, he's, they're dealing with idiots because that's all that live on this starship or on this space station. So. In this quadrant? Yeah. <laughs> this is the whole quarter of the gal. Like, okay, we know this isn't a spoiler. We know the Borg are coming. We know the Borg have a big chunk of this quadrant of the galaxy. I'm pretty sure the alien races we're running into are the ones the Borg said, nah. <laughs> That's not worth it. You know what? That's it's it's, it's fine. These are these are Borg leavens. Mm -hmm. The Borg looked at the Kazon. They said we could assimilate them, but ugh, why? We will add your genetic distinctiveness to our oh. Ooh, no. Do we no, really, honey. guys? Do we want mm. the the hair and the jumping no. over flaming barrels in our trucks? No, no. I and didn't then think like so. another cube is like, hey, I found these Talaxian. No, pass. Ugh. So, yeah, really, everyone we're running into is Hello, Mr. Guys. Borg. How can we help you? We're the Talaxians. Yeah. Oh. Really? Um, that's what you're... Hmm. Yeah, we're gonna go away. <laughs> um, We're gonna head over to the Alpha Quadrant, but the Alpha Quadrant is 78 light years away. Yeah, we better get started. Ah, it's a long, long drive ahead of us. Yeah. Gonna, gonna do it in shifts. Gonna hit the road early on that one. Yeah. Well... There's no rest stops between here and there, so it's just straight on through. Yeah, you guys, um... This old big rig. <laughs> I don't know why I like this picture we're painting of them, like, I really want to see, a like, truck. the Borg convoy. Yeah. The Borg Burt Reynolds at the wheel. Yep. Maybe he's got, like, a Borg orangutan next to him. <laughs> I would, I honestly, legitimately <sighs> would like to see the Borg assimilate things that don't look entirely human. Yep. Like... Other intel like a, a Borg Horta, a Borg, a Borg Borgta, a Borgta. Yeah. God, can you imagine that? Would the design on that would be amazing? That'd be cool. That would be really cool. Or like a Borg Tribble. Yeah. And that would be all way more interesting than what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. Basically, which is garbage, garbage in the necrid expanse. Ugh. The naked expanse. Yeah. No, it sounds like that, but it also sounds like neck. It's got necro in it because it's the '90s and it's edgy. Uh huh. Necro expanse. Uh -huh. Shut up. Just shut up, Voyager. Ugh. You got anything else on this one? No, I hate it. I <laughs> see a lot of yelling in here. Yeah, let's see here. We got one, two, three, four, five, six, seven. A lot of lot of reverting to all caps. A lot of caps. Uh there's a there is uh one of my favorites, which is the long uh, uh, I'm pretty sure I got one of them too. I'm curious. I I would like to see these synced up. Right? Like what? Like, see, last, like, if we're, like last week when we both hit hit uh, eighteen minutes. I've been trying to do this thing where I don't check because I know, like, I find these episodes tedious. Mm. I think we've made that very clear. You know, and say. I'm trying super hard not to check. But I have uh, the the newer Apple TV has like a touch remote, mm. and so if I accidentally bump against it, it'll put the display up and it'll show. So like sometimes I'll accidentally see how much time is left without intending to. Yep. Which is terrible, because I won't, like, uh, no, 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 I'm okay, I'm okay, I'll just stay in the moment, and then the thing pops up, and it's like, 
30 minutes left. Oh, motherfucker. Oh. Uh, all right, let's move on to Alter- an incredibly stupid episode, but somehow slightly less stupid than this one. Alter Ego is the one yes. I believe you're referring to. Sing it, Matt. Harold goes to Tuvok for no, you, advice. You just say oh, okay. Harold goes to Tuvok for advice. It seems our young Harry is finally, finally becoming a man. And he's fallen in love with a very special lady. A holodeck program. Well, I mean, uh, we all have to start somewhere. I mean, most of us started at that somewhere at 12 with a magazine, but I guess our Harry is a bit of a late bloomer. A very, very, very late bloomer. Anyway, Tuvok teaches Harry to Vulcan masturbate, and then they all go to a luau. That's a luau on Star Trek. A Star Trek luau. And then Tuvok falls in love with the hologram. Yep, that's what's happening. No, I'm not lying. My lies are more interesting than this. Uh-huh. Tuvok deletes the program, but the program is evil and takes over the ship. Uh, eventually, it turns out that the program was actually a real woman who lives in a supernova and is catfishing Tuvok. It turns out she just wants some company. Tuvok tells her to eat shit. The episode ends, and I take this gun out of my mouth. We're going to have to take that gun away from you, because this is not the worst we have yet. Mm. It, God damn. I watched this last night, um, and just... Well, this is the one you did the reaction this video. This is the one I did the reaction video to. Um... I got home early, and so Mal wasn't here yet, and I'm just sitting... <laughs> you got home early, so it was a treat. I'll treat myself. I'm just sitting alone in my apartment. Oh, God. Watch it. The only sound is this is this episode playing, and me going, Ugh. Yeah, for some reason, because she's a regular guest, Amanda has taken it upon herself, and I've given her the out. I say, you don't have to watch these with me, and she's like, no, I'd like to. Like, if it's inconvenient, I won't, but for the most part, I'd like to watch them when you watch them. Mm-hmm. So at least I have some, like, commiserating, like... I can turn to someone and say, this is terrible, right? And she'll say, oh, yes. Because mm-hmm. some, sometimes it might be like I'm in a bad mood and I'm judging, you know, like unfairly, but not, not in this not case. Not in this case. No, this is just a terrible, stupid episode. I want to, just so no one forgets, I want to refer back to uh, last week's episode that Brian was on. Yes. Uh, where we had a conversation about the, uh, about the, the, uh, uh, the Luau program. The Luau program. Mm-hmm. And... Brian goes, well, that thing's been around for, like, two episodes. It's not going away. Either it's going to try and take over the ship, or No, no, he said either the bikini babes will try to take over the, the ship. The bikini babes are going to try to take over the ship, or Harry's going to fall in love with one. Mm-hmm. Well, Brian, you're... What's the opposite of a no prize? Um, a double prize? Yeah, your double prize is in the mail, because, uh, guess what? Both of those things happened. No, I happened to, he was on Twitter the day after we recorded, and he was, like, he's been watching In Order with us as well, sure. and he goes a little a little further ahead than us sometimes. He doesn't go exactly at the same pace, and I think he just, like, binged on the rest of season three, and he said, uh, guys, I was right about both of those things. So, like, when he came on our show, he didn't know that yet. Mm. He wasn't speaking out of any foreknowledge. That was a ridiculous guess that he was right about. Yep. That wasn't like when you, you know, you make it sound clever by, oh, I know what happens next week, so I'll say this. Mm-hmm. No, he knew, or he didn't know. He just knew. Yeah. Uh, just uh, at this point, everything about this show is so fucking cliche. Like, I could write this show at the level that this show is writing itself right now. Yeah, but the thing is, I know you. Mm-hmm. You would try to put in some interesting sci-fi concepts. You would try to put a different spin on things. You would put in some levity. Mm-hmm. You you would like you're not a seasoned TV writer and you might not write the perfect episode, but it would definitely be better than this. Oh yeah, with your complete like uh, no uh, experience writing for television, it would be better than this. Me too, Matt. Why do you keep having the characters describe what they're doing as they're doing it? Because this is how I learned. Because <laughs> I've been writing for radio for six years. Yeah, that's why. Also, why yeah, do you keep the... introducing British characters? Well, <laughs> why don't they go to the uh, Nick and Willikins? Uh... Holodeck program. <laughs> Hello. Ugh. I've come alive and I've fallen in love with the crew or something. So, okay. The way I was describing this to people was Harry falls in love with a girly mag that he's fucked a hole in. Because mm-hmm. that's essentially what happened. Yeah, basically. How? He's what? He's what? 25? I saw this in your notes and you're absolutely right. He's like 25 years old. Yeah. How is he falling in love with pictures of women? Like, this I don't is, get this it. This is my bad thing, actually. There are real people he could be talking to. What about yes. one of those Delaney sisters that I'm pretty sure Paris made up? Now, it, in fairness, there are only 100 people on the ship. And if he's straight and half of them are women, mm-hmm. that only leaves 50. And a lot of them outrank him. So he's not. he doesn't have a huge pool to draw from. No, but you know what he does have? People who are not uh, holograms. Yeah. 
No, it's terrible. It's absolutely terrible. And uh, like, okay, I was going through and I I think it was Amanda or somebody I talked to who watched the show and has watched all the other shows said like other people have fallen in love with with uh, holodeck characters. That's true. But we've had um, I think it was Tidro. It doesn't matter. Um, Riker did. Mm -hmm. But Riker fell in love with a holodeck program that had been enhanced by aliens who were trying to fuck with him. Yep. So that doesn't count. They might not have been trying to fuck with him. It might have been a side effect of what they were doing. I don't remember. But either way, that was the binar. That was the binars, right? Yes. With me. In the, yeah. uh, the well remembered episode 11001001. If you actually got that correct, I will be impressed. Me too. <laughs> um, and then we have Barkley, who I'm pretty sure didn't fall in love with anybody. No, no. Barkley knew exactly what he was doing. Yeah, because there were several of them. Barkley's the guy that uh, used to come to my uh, comic shop to buy uh, uh, high-class painted porn magazines. He knew exactly what he was doing. Right. Um, I think that's it. Yeah. Those are the only examples I can think of of people who have fallen in love with holodeck. Oh, and and, uh, wait, Jordy. Jordy. But... That was terrible, and that was like that was inappropriate. First of all, I thought it was a good episode mm-hmm. with just a creepy undertone. But second, he was falling in love with a simulation of a real person. Yeah, which gave it a whole creepy vibe. I'm not trying to excuse that. But no, what I'm I, as is, I recall, we liked that it was weird and creepy. Yeah, and she called him out on that when she showed up, yep. and he managed to weasel his way out of that. But my point is, he didn't fall in love with a fictional character. No, it was a real person that the computer had done such a good job simulating. That he was kind of fixated on that, you know, like that. that's not exactly the same either. Mm-hmm. But uh, this is just, oh, she's pretty and I like her and I now am in love with her because I'm stupid. Mm-hmm. I'm pretty sure he said that, right? Yeah, he did. He definitely said that. <sighs> but uh, just. Uh... It's it, this is. And look, how like, do you. <sighs> a lot of it is like it, she is a real person. Oh, yeah, the implication, I think, is that she's been posing as this holiday character, and so he's falling in love with an actual person. Yes, who's like, it's like, it's like, uh, it's like you fell in love with a Warcraft character or something. Yeah, because someone's on the other end playing that character. Yeah. That's fine. So, maybe not as terrible as Jordy, but still terrible. They don't make it super clear until, like, the last act. Yeah. First of all. So, you think he's doing that. And the way he's acting, the, the jealous, like, you're looking at my bikini girl. It's a video game, Harold. Come on. Yeah. You can't get jealous about that. It's like, you're playing the princess. She's my girlfriend. Mm-hmm. No, no, she's a character in this game. Although I will say, um, there's a scene where uh, this is after Tuvok has told Harry to never go into the to see this girl again. Yeah. Um, as part yeah. of his, he no- goes to he goes to Tuvok for uh, Vulcan techniques on taking a cold shower, which is actually a, a decent move, I thought. Yep. Um, but he gets in there to go see her one last time or whatever, and Tuvok's already in there playing uh, Vulcan chess or whatever the fuck it is. His stick game. He's playing pickup sticks. Right. And um, the chick looks up and goes, Harry! And the look on Tuvok's face, man. Um, <laughs> once again, Vulcans might not have emotions, but they also don't have any control over their facial tics. <laughs> well, this, this is my good thing, because, and this is a cop-out, but there's not much here. The um the uh, Tuvok, mm. like t- just sassy Tuvok in general, shoots Harry down, like smacks him around. Like, look, you need to stop being so weak, man. Mm-hmm. You just need to stop. And there's a great, there's this fantastic thing where uh, uh, Janeway goes off duty and says, "You're all gonna be there at the Luau tonight, right?" And J- Tuvok just kind of goes, Ugh, you know, a bit of a kiff, like, yep. But then when he's there, he's she's like, "Oh, I'm so glad you can make it." Well, you made it mandatory. No, I didn't. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I said it would be nice to see you all there. I didn't say you had to come. I um, and I thought that was a really cute moment. Uh, Sassy Tuvok's also my quote. Okay, let's uh, hear that. Uh, Lieutenant Tuvok, you neglected to RSVP. Well, that was not an oversight, I assure you. There we go. All right. Now, he's, he's got a lot of, like, nice little one-liners, and it's a lot of him dealing, like... Vulcan's dealing with passionate humans has been a good source of, of humor in Trek since the beginning. Yep. And a panting little puppy love baby ensign, like, is, is a pretty funny person to pair up a an exasperated Vulcan with, I think. Oh. But yeah. It, just the way Harry acts and the, all, all of it. It's just, just miserable. It is. It's not great. Ugh. Did you manage to find a good thing in all this? Uh, I like the lonely aliens makeup at the end. Uh, 
I think she had a face hugger on her head, but uh, I thought she looked mm. pretty good. And yeah. uh, I thought it was pretty funny when uh, one of the uh, luau babes tries to strangle Bellana with a uh, with a lay. Oh right, when the when the hooky lao goes uh, horribly wrong. They're, they're, when they're trying to, um, they bust in on the uh, on the luau with uh, phasers drawn and everything because they know something's up, and the. The computerized women keep trying to hang lays over their necks, which, first of all, I think is pretty funny. Yeah. Um, and then, well, Balana's doing some work on one of the consoles or something. One of them comes up behind her and tries to garrot her with the with the with the lay, which is fucking great. Yeah, that was that was pretty funny. There is some good stuff, and actually, Robert Picardo uh, directed this episode. It's his first uh, first time directing. And uh, he had a little scene where there's two bikini babes kissing on him from either side, mm-hmm. and he's talking about how great it is. That's, and like, that's his only appearance in the episode, by the way. Yeah, on, on Memory Alpha, it said, yeah, I, I worked that in there. <laughs> Managed to get a little scene in for myself. What? So, yeah, there's something. Ugh. Uh, what else? Inversion. Uh, oh, you in your, in your summary, you said catfished. I don't actually know what that means. What does that mean? Oh, that was basically... Um... Uh, it's a reference to some uh, TV show or something. Someone who creates like a uh, like a fake uh, persona for themselves uh, ah. to, for online dating. Oh, okay. There's a whole like I know I've heard of that. I'm yeah. just not that familiar. There's a whole with documentary it. TV show about it or something. Oh, that's terrible. Yeah, it is. Mm. I, I I kind of like the concept. I don't like how it played out at all. But I kind of like the concept of this desperate, lonely alien trying to trap them. Like it's a weird. Almost out of mythology, kind of like part Medusa, part Sirens, part like, you know, like. I would like that concept a lot more if we didn't find out at the end of the episode that she could basically leave whenever she wants. Yeah, well, there's that. And then the fact that it manifests itself on the holodeck in a stupid holodeck goes wrong episode again. Mm -hmm. Like, those things make it not great. Yeah. But in principle. The idea of just this psychotic woman who wants to draw in men that catch her attention. Also, fuck, this episode was so crazy ex-girlfriendy. Yeah. And that really sucks. I, it does. We're going to be together forever, Tuvok. I don't care what anyone says. You're going to live in this room with me. But, I mean, that's a character type. That is that is a, like, they. Uh, everyone said this is our fatal attraction episode, and I don't know if they did it that effectively. Uh. But, uh, you know, I, it's not a bad story to do, then. I don't know that they've done a lot of them on Star Trek. Mm. It just, they did it poorly here. They sure did. They really did. <laughs> yeah. So what was your bad thing? Um, Voyager. Voyager is my bad thing. Oh, this is like when Flonk said the design of the ship was good. Yeah. No, um, this is just fucking terrible. I, it's been a long time since I've been this mad at an episode and I find myself being mad at more and more episodes lately, but there's a, there's a scene, um, at the luau where I'm, I'm watching and it's just, it's, it's, it's. Harry and Tom talking to each other, and they're both wearing Hawaiian shirts, and I'm thinking to myself, I'm watching Star Trek. Mm-hmm. This is Star Trek. Ten minutes of this show take place at the fucking luau, and all I can think is people complain about the new movies and how they're not Star Trek enough. At least they're not at a fucking luau. I, I concur. However, a lot of the original series took place on Gangster Planet, Nazi Planet, and so forth. Uh, the latter part of the last season of DS9 took place in a 60s bar. Mm-hmm. Like, there's there's a long tradition of this place is cheap. Yeah, and I will give you that. The thing is, um, you you're, all you have to do there is make your episode interesting enough that I don't care. Yeah. No, the, the whole point is wherever they're hanging out, mm-hmm. 10 Forward or Paris's Stupid Bar or now this, it has to be interesting enough. The, or it does. It has to be a complete just backdrop. Yeah, I, one or the other. Like it has to be compelling for us, or it has to not matter. It's like uh, the D and D episode of Community. Dan Harmon was talking about. Yeah, in every TV show ever, you see characters play poker. I don't know how to play poker. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. It's just an excuse for them to talk. Yeah, exactly. And that's the recreational stuff on the ship should just be that. It's an excuse for them to to chat when they're off duty. It doesn't matter. But they spent too much time. Look, look at look at the luau. Yeah. No, I don't wanna. I and I, I think the other thing is that the luau is like it's it's the fact that there's just like bikini babes wandering around everywhere and it's, it's too contemporary. Yeah, exactly. Also like I keep this... looking at those fans that don't do anything. <laughs> ah, that doesn't bother me. Those fucking fans. Every time I see one I just start going. Ur, 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 ur. 
it's uh, it just it's very it's it shows no imagination at all. There's none. And like, I still think they should have a recreation deck, like, oh, like yeah. the old Enterprise did. Well, like, we talked about know. this. It would be so much cooler if instead of, like, that uh, Paris's stupid bar, they just had, like, a room with, like, you know, like a rec room. Like a room with a pool table and a dartboard. And right. Like, I get they don't want to do 10 machines. forward. They had 10 forward and quarks. They don't want to do another, like, straight up bar. I get that. Mm-hmm. But they could have done something else. Yeah. And they didn't. Instead, they got they did the French bar and now this. Oh. Just Never thought I'd miss the French bar, but goddamn. Mm, the, I will say the French bar was more of a backdrop. Mm-hmm. They didn't do any serious, like the French bar never rebelled against them and tried to kill them. Or well, Except for that one time when the doctor was trying to learn how to do opera. Uh, yeah, but that... Then it okay. rebelled against him. I guess that's true. <laughs> there's, a, there's a funny, I don't know if it's meant to be funny, but there's a runner through this episode where Harry's like, well, now I feel this way. And Tuvok's like, oh, Vulcans have a word for that. Mm-hmm. Now I feel this way. Vulcans have a word for that. Like, Vulcans have a word for all the specific nuances of, I have a crush on someone. It's unrequited. I need to get my mind off it. Mm-hmm. Like, they, they have elaborate terminology for uh, <laughs> for needing to calm your ass down. Vulcans also have 300 words for logic. Right. Uh, but no word for love. No. It's sad. Yeah. Uh, Tuvok keeps insisting that he does not have friends. Well, no, I think the idea there is he doesn't want to be their friends. Mm-hmm. Which I get. I don't want like to be Harry's friend either. He would tell Janeway that they're friends in privacy, but out in public, he's like, no, 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 you're not my friend. I don't have friends. Yeah, Vulcans do not have friends. Well, I know a yeah. certain Vulcan who would disagree with that. Yeah. Well, he was only half Vulcan. Mm, that's true. But he tried harder. Yeah. If anyone, If any Vulcan was not going to have friends because Vulcans don't have friends, it would have been him. Well, but early Spock also insisted he didn't have friends either. And mm-hmm. later on, he was obviously like, that was the whole arc of the character. Yep. That that was why that line that I have been and always shall be your friend was so powerful because early Spock would be like, I'm not your friend. And now he's like, oh, we're friends forever. We're BFFs, man. Aw. Yeah. Now I'm going to die. Blah. Your name is Jim. Uh, what else? I oh, I, I kind of wish Bob had been on this episode because he is big into the whole Tiki thing. Oh, shit. Yeah, he is. And I feel like he would like he's got some opinions on how I, I'm going to guess how poorly they handle mm. that whole setting. But uh, I don't know. I will ask him. I will try to remember to ask him next. I see him, yeah. which will be in about an hour. Mm, good. Tell him I said hi. I will no. do that. Yeah, you'll be there. Like, you'll oh, right. Yeah, you'll be there. We're doing true. a rehearsal. <laughs> Uh, they mentioned the Enterprise D in this episode because at first they thought the holodeck came alive and they're like, hey, this happened on the Enterprise D. Like, yeah, everything you've done happened on the Enterprise D. It happened. <laughs> yeah, exactly. It's so weird. That ship's had adventures just like ours, but they were so much more interesting than ours. I don't understand it. Yeah. Uh, <sighs> I think the worst thing for me was at the end where Tuvok apologizes to Harold mm-hmm. for taking his girlfriend, which he didn't like. Not his girlfriend. He no, didn't do the, that. The girl he was staring at from across the room. Yeah, he did. Like, but none of that is real. And he apologizes. Which uh, Tuvok, what are you doing? And Harry accepts it, like he's in a position to accept it. Mm-hmm. Like what? Come on, man. Yep. And then they play pickup sticks. Well, I actually like that. There's a Vulcan ritual. Like, it's a it's a logic puzzle game, but it also helps calm your mind. Like, that's kind of a cool thing. Mm. I think. I don't necessarily like how it looks, but I like the concept of it. Nah, uh, what else? Anything? Nah. This might be short this week. That's fine. And I, haven't I, got... t- and I haven't talked about, and I haven't watched Daredevil yet, so we can't talk about that. <laughs> I'm like four or five episodes in because I did my homework early. Ugh. I can't it's do pretty my, great. I can't do my homework early because I, like, I'll forget what happened in the episode if I don't watch it like two days before. I, that's why I take notes. Yeah. To rem- Oh, yeah, that stupid thing. Oh, like, as I'm reading this, my brain is going, oh, right, that happened. Mm-hmm. Oh, this thing. Yeah, that's why I shouldn't just make notes to say, ugh, because that's, that doesn't help later me. Well, listen, I've been in that exact same position where you're just like, something happened. God, why am mm. I watching this fucking garbage? Between your notes, my notes, sometimes the guests, if we have them, notes, yep. and the summaries, that usually gets me enough that I remember. Mm. I've been trying to forget all week. But I'm like four or five episodes into Daredevil. It's, it's great. Electra's great. Uh, they actually made me care about the Punisher, who I don't usually care about. Ooh, I'm very so, excited uh, about that. I like the Punisher good. a lot. I've heard from people who are really into the comics that he's different than a lot of his popular comics depictions. All right. Well, but, we'll see. But I liked him. 
and electorate like just showed up and she's fantastic nice so it's it's worth watching also the new peewee movie is on netflix and that's quite good let's just do a commercial for netflix yeah all right no, that was that was quite funny. I watched it. Yes. Well, good. I'm glad. I, the, from, from the I watched the trailer and it didn't look very interesting to me. Oh. So no, I I like it a lot. If it's good, it's, awesome. Yeah, I like Pee Wee. Yeah, well then you'll probably like this. It's better than Big Top Pee Wee for sure. Wow. Okay. Good. Good. All but right. But that's you know it's not a very high bar. To I, admittedly, I haven't seen Big Top Pee Wee since I was eight, but uh, it was nowhere. It, it didn't. Well, have, it doesn't have the returnability of say Pee Wee's Big Adventure. I was about to say it's the Ghostbusters 2 of the Pee Wee movies, but you like Ghostbusters 2. I sure do. I don't know that that counts. Mm. Anyway, that is uh, that is pretty much all for this week. I don't have the list in front of me, but you know the deal. Next week, we'll do the next two Voyager episodes. Uh, Brian has watched ahead, mm. and he informs me of the basic premise of them both, and they sound really bad, mm-hmm. really super bad. So looking forward to that, but then... Is it the week after or the week after? It's uh, it's soon. Mm-hmm. It's April 8th, I believe. Uh, we are doing a live show. Yes, here. I'm are. actually here at the Pocket Theater right now in Seattle recording for uh, for reasons I don't need to get into. But uh, <laughs> For reasons that are none of your damn business. How about that? I, it's, it's boring, okay? it's It takes time to get up here and we got a rehearsal, okay? Yeah. There. But uh, no, we, we're doing a, a, a live post-atomic horror show here in the in the Pocket Theater in Seattle. Uh, we would love to see any of you. Uh, information is on our website, postatomichorror.com. Also, if you are at Emerald City Comic Con on Saturday, if you manage to get Saturday tickets, mm. we have a panel uh, for uh, Sarcastic Voyage, which is the uh, – you uh, used to do sketch comedy. Now we do like uh, radio comedy, drama, radio play stuff. But uh, it's still – it's it's – voice actors doing comedy right it's a panel called sarcastic voyage uh sketch comedy for nerds Mm -hmm. and we'll have some star wars material some star trek material one of the very best sketches i think we've ever written which is a superman sketch there's there's some good stuff that's a good it's a good one like we're both very proud of it and the performers made it even better Uh so uh and, and there's a lot of good stuff so if you're there please come check us out uh Last year, we filled, overfilled a room of 250 people. So this year, they upped the ante and said, uh, we'll give you 400 this time. So, oh, shit. <laughs> mm-hmm. Hope we can fill that. All right, then. Uh, so, yeah, if you're there, please come. We would love to see you. Yes. Uh, that costs nothing at all. The pocket show is, I think, 10 bucks. Yeah. But, uh, and that's all for this week. All right. Uh, see you, folks. The Post-Atomic Horror Podcast is a co-production of Ron Algar-Watt and Matt Robotham. Copyright 2016. Please don't sue us. We're just doing this.